Hi there. Welcome to the No Really Everything's Fine podcast. I'm Catherine Bennett, the RFP unicorn, and we're joining you from 10,000 leagues underneath the proposal sea today from our flaming dumpster, which is also in the back of your office complex with a special guest, Andrew Peloso. We're very excited to bring him here today. But before we get started with him, let's introduce the wonderful uh, normal cast of our No Really Everything's Fine podcast, starting here with Nora Fox, who is a 40 under 40 nominee. Tell us about yourself, Nora. Thank you. I mean, I don't know how normal the rest of us are, but uh, we are regulars. Uh, <laughs> I'm Nora Fox. I've been working in slang proposals for five years. Uh, currently, I work for Shipley Associates on one of their uh, accounts for a uh, Fortune 50 software company doing a proposal consultancy. All right, Chris. Uh, hi, everyone. Chris LaFountain. Uh, I'm going for APMP 50 over 50 if they come around to making that award. I've uh, been doing this for about 15 years or so, been in the tech space most of my life. Um, I'm, the, I'm the only one on this podcast who's been to a World Cup game and the Winter Olympics and the Super Bowl and the World Series. 100% true. World yeah. traveler. All right, Nicole, tell <laughs> us about of. yourself. He's absolutely right about that. Hi, everyone. This is Nicole Robinson, a.k.a. the RFP Queen. You know, you're also known as. Uh, I've been in proposal management. <laughs> I've been in proposal <laughs> management for 17 years. Sorry, Catherine does this to me all the time. She always right. makes me giggle. <laughs> it's her fault. No, <laughs> um, this is why we... See, this goes back to Nora saying we're not totally normal. And Okay. Right. It is what it is. Um, and I've been in proposals for 17 years and I currently work for a cybersecurity firm, largest privately held one in North America. All right. Wonderful. So these are our, this is our, our, our traditional cast of characters, but we do have a wonderful <laughs> guest today for our topic, which is helps me help you. And we're going to talk all about how subject matter experts can help us win the bids. So today, thank you for joining us, Andrew, get off my lawn, Peloso. Um, Please tell us a little bit about yourself and why you're interested in helping us learn about SMEs in the proposal process. Sure. So I'm Andrew Peloso and I'm super old. Um, I've been um, in the environmental consulting business environmental world for 28 years, about half of it on the consulting side, half of it on the reading people's proposal side, working for state government. And um, I'm currently running my own company, looking for new opportunities, but I've been following along. I've got friends who do proposal stuff. And I saw this amazing elite fighting force of folks. And I said to myself, you know, they seem pretty smart when it comes to proposals. But I know what it's like to be me and to work with proposal managers and have proposal managers give me that look like, are you brain damaged? Did you not listen to us? What am I going to do with this content? Um, you, can you go like leave now because we have a deadline? Uh, um, and I thought to myself, it might not be a bad idea for me to make up for bad karma to volunteer and come on a show and just be peppered with questions about really basically how do you idiots think about things? How can we all get along without getting to the end of a proposal going, man, I'm gonna have to kill that guy? Really, really gonna have to do something about him because he clearly is a slow learner. And on my end going, win theme, call out boxes, can I just write a whole bunch of technical jargon and won't that get me the work? And use the word we a lot, won't that work? <laughs> yeah, you know, it's really interesting, Andrew, and I'm glad you're here today because it's, 
it's been a lot of fun for me over the last two or three years. I went from doing hardcore um, proposal response to being a subject matter expert who contributed to RFPs, and now I'm back in the frontline activities. And so, so to see what it's like on either side of the fence has personally been really enriching for me throughout my career, and it's helped me honestly to be a better proposal manager to have that to have that experience. So. Um, so let's open up the questions. Um, what I want to do is kind of start at the end of our questions here so that we can define the problem, because I think a lot of the people who are listening may not entirely understand what it's like to be a subject matter expert and how how challenging it is to really contribute to RFPs when you've maybe got a, uh, a, a quota of some kind that you have to meet or some kind of hourly contribution you have to make to certain projects. So, so can you tell us, you know, Andrew and then everybody else on the on the call today, what are some examples of challenges that SMEs have uh, that they've either reported back to your team or that they or that you've experienced yourself? So, Andrew, why don't you kick us off? I think for me, a lot of a lot of what I've seen is, is that SMEs are we're good at what we do. We're, we're engineers. We're biologists. We're fill in the blankists. But when it comes to proposals, and especially, I would argue, the way proposals are done in the modern world. There's a lot of folks out there that are just like, I just don't get you at all. I mean, we sit there in trainings and I've been, I've had, I've worked in large companies that have had like actual trying to train SMEs on stuff and looking at the thousand mile stairs when you start talking about, well, what's a win theme? Uh, we want to win work <laughs> and we don't need the language at all. And so there's a lot of that initial, every time a proposal comes around and it's an actual one where you have to work with a proposal manager, a lot of SMEs get deer in the headlight kind of stuff. It's like, oh my God, I'm going to have to sit there and I'm going to have to feel dumb. And SMEs don't like feeling dumb. Um, and so there's a lot of pushback on the, oh man, do we really have to for this one? It's only a $50,000 job or it's only this or I'm itchy today or you know, I don't really, you know, they don't, they don't make me feel good. Or, I mean, I, I've, I've literally sat in meetings with grown men who were just like, I just can't work with the proposal people because they make me feel small. And I'm like, that, can you, can you, you elaborate on that? that? What does that mean? What does feel small mean? We're back to the whole thing. I'm like you're dealing with, like in my industry, I mean, it's the architect, environmental, engineering, the EEC industry. You've got people that like can design bridges and buildings and stadiums, and they're super, super smart at what they do. They get into a proposal meeting and they're sitting across from someone like you, Nora, and they're like, oh God, she's going to start talking about like the RGB colors that we use for our, for our, uh, our corporate colors. And I don't know what those are. And I'm going to feel, I'm going to feel dumb. It's like, wait. What do you mean? I can't to give you all this text back because it was it was an aerial. I didn't know there was another font. They have fonts, <laughs> and so it's it's for some people it really puts them off. It really puts them off balance, and then they're just like, "Well, just can I just give you guys some stuff?" And you're like, "No, you have to be involved in your own content because I don't know how to write a win theme for something where you're doing technical services in." I feel like I've done so many proposals where the first week is literally people just feeling themselves out and like, okay, what mood is, what mood is Catherine in? Is she in a good mood or a bad mood? Cause the last time I worked with her, she was in a really bad mood. 
And then they forget that the whole reason she was in a bad mood was because you literally, the SME sat on a proposal for two weeks out of the three for the response time. And that part of the reason she was mad was because like, you already had three other things on, on there, but now suddenly you're the most important thing in the world. Mm. That kind of stuff. It's, it's that whole sort of, we, we forget, I think sometimes that we're all, all human beings and we have weird sensitivities we have things and we forget people forget the last interaction they forget the lies they just remember i had a really good experience don't know why i had a really bad experience don't know why probably that person mm. so i'm curious about the folks who are on the call here um what have you all done to help because in my opinion, getting that first impression for the team is, is like number one. We've got to get a good first impression for the RFP team. If a new person's coming in, you're positive, you're upbeat, you're resourceful, you're a team player, you're service-minded, right? Like you've got this positive this positive flow, and then you tend to have that enduring appearance for the remainder of the, of the interaction. But is there anybody, like who on the call here has a strategy for building out a positive interaction to help counter what Andrew's saying? All right, Nicole, go for it. And then we'll come to Nora. Um, so one of the things I do is I make sure that um, my subject matter experts understand that I'm here to stand in the middle for them. So basically, I know that this is not what you do every single day. And because I come, I approach it from that understanding, then I want to make sure that everything that I'm asking of you, one, I'm giving you enough time to deliver it back to me at the level that I'm going to need it back and two i'm pulling i'm taking anything that would be considered a um like extra um out of your help so i'm not making you have to dig through the 150 page document i'll do that i'll pull everything that you that i need you to look at and present it for you so that you're not having to do extra work and that's just setting myself up and setting yourself up to say I respect and appreciate the thing that you do for this company every single day that has nothing to do pro with proposals. And now that I am in an, a situation where I'm asking you to contribute to a proposal, I'm gonna try to make your job easier so that what you're doing every day doesn't become harder as a result of what you have to do for me. So if I can just mm. kind of set that up, make things as easy for you as possible to actually help me, then it helps me help you. Love it. Uh, Love it. Love it. Nora, what about you? So mine's twofold, right? Um, so I'm very big. Transparency is always number one, right? I want to be very clear about the purpose that everybody is getting together, right? I'm very transparent about the fact that um, I know that this is not people's main job, right? It's probably just a part. It might even be 10% of their main job, right? And so then on the back of that, buy-in. Right. So I want to be very, very clear about all of the expectations. And I don't just go ahead and set deadlines and say, you have to meet this deadline. Right. I say, mm -hmm. OK, this is the deadline that we have to hit. These are how many days I'm going to need to review back up to this. Is this going to give you enough time? Right. Can you get this what I'm asking you to do done in that amount of time? Because I don't know your workload. Right. And I'll and I'll say those mm -hmm. things like I'm not sure what you've got on your plate. Are, is this enough time? If not, we can look at pushing that back and I can, you know, maybe try to shorten my review or review in parallel as we do different sections and things like that. But, um, and, and I build rapport, right? I want people to know that, you know, um, I'm here to take that load off of you, just like Nicole said, right? If there's anything that I can do, formatting, right? Um, I don't need my, my SMEs to know about uh, font size, proper bullets, 
uh, branding guidelines, none of that, right? And I make that also very, very clear and transparent upfront. Do not worry about formatting. I just need your words. I will handle all of that. Let me take that off of your plate. And those are the types of phrases that I use to try to get people to understand. I know that I'm giving you work, but I'm also going to do as much as I can on the back end to take what I can from you and remove some of that lift and that load from you so that you're not having to do everything. I just need your knowledge, right? Just give me the knowledge and I can do what I need to do. So that strategy has worked uh, fairly well for me. I also um, ask people, how do you like to be followed up with, right? Is phone best? Is email best? Is text message best? Is pinging you on whatever messaging that you're using best? I, and I write and I make notes about every SME that I work with and every seller that I work with, right? And that is, if I really need to contact somebody, I go to their top priority. And then, you know, if it's not as important, I might use another uh, way to contact them that they like. But I really try to do my best to work with people in the way that they like to be worked with and that gets me really good results. So that sounds, Nora, like a great way to get that communication pipeline built between the subject matter expert and the proposal manager, which is which is a question that we had wanted to ask Andrew to find out what the best ways are to communicate um, between like what's the how do we build that knowledge pipeline, in your opinion, Andrew, between the SMEs and the proposal team so that we all get the information that we need? I mean, honestly, Nora, you hit it right up right on the uh you know hit the nail right on the head um i mean it unfortunately does put a little more burden on on you guys to be kind of like that sort of the the adaptable communicator it's like you know it's the i can sort of think of a scene in the matrix where neo is learning things and he's literally just putting in this knowledge and this is popping into his head but he has to learn all that stuff not the sneeze you know Neo is fighting against robots and mindless zombies, you know, to a certain extent, but the SME is the one who has to dodge all the bullets and be able to communicate with all that stuff. And so it does help if it's, if it's transparent, if it's someone like me, who's, you know, mouthy and, you know, whatever, you can communicate with me a lot different than, you know, perhaps maybe an engineer or a biologist who, you know, they might be a type, you know, they might be a type B personality. They might get, they're really good at what they do, but they don't do public speaking and they don't do this type of work where they're actually having to do put things out there and have them sort of be judged a little bit that process mm. also is a very challenging process for some sneeze where it's like you know you'll write a whole bunch of stuff and then the red pen comes out or it's like well that's all great but you know it's not relevant to it's not relevant to this particular proposal and there's a lot of preconceived notions us SMEs have about our own clients. We think we know things about them and we think we understand them. And I think another way to be able to, to do that is to be able to say, look, I can help you understand them better. Mm, I, I really what I'm hearing is just a lot of uh, teamwork as an under as an underlying factor here because i think a lot of times what happens is the adversarial relationship kind of it gets a little seed planted and then it's us against them and what i'm hearing is that the best ways to go about this are collaboration and really focus on intentionally building collaboration now i know everybody here is um and andrew i'm not sure about you about how your organizations have done things in the past but everybody here is a is a proposal automation uh, evangelist we all think that those software tools really make a big difference and so Chris, we haven't heard from you yet, but I'm interested to know how have, to Andrew's point about, about trying to capture those wind themes and how do we get the, um, 
how do we make the SMEs feel more comfortable and make them feel like the red pen is less, less of a threat? Does proposal automation play a role in your practice from those from those perspectives? It, it certainly can. I mean, it's what it's not uncommon for proposal folks to reach out to SMEs um, to ask them for content, ask them for help, and then for the response to be, I think I gave this to you already last month, mm. three months ago, six months ago, what have you. And whether they're right or not, I mean, we have to you know, take we take them at their word for sure. Uh, but it, but if um, but the the a benefit of having content automation or a content library so that we when you capture that information that uh, that SMEs give you, you know, it's it's not just for a one off proposal. It's something that you can use again, use again, use again, and when you when you when you ask for a SME for help, I mean, I, I mean, you know, building on what Nora and Nicole have said before, I always, I usually work with the same SMEs more than once in my tenure at a company. So for me, it's important to have to build a relationship with them. You know, so it, it goes beyond goes beyond just that collaboration that, that you were mentioning, Catherine. But it's uh, you know, I really want to learn what it is you do, Andrew. You know, uh, uh, and and you know, try to learn a little bit about about what you do on a day-to-day -day basis because that that will that will that will help me better ask better ask someone like you Andrew you know uh, for um, for text or, or for your perspective on things and tying it up with automation you know if you know if I'm working with you Andrew for uh, for a few times and I get to the fourth time and I need and I need some help on a topic similarly similar to what you helped me out with before, I can go back to my library and say, hey, this is what you gave me like three months ago. Can we build on this just so we're not reinventing the wheel? Just so, you know, Andrew doesn't have to spend so much time helping me. You know, it's just a win-win for everyone. Yeah, I think really what that comes down to is setting expectations, mm -hmm. right? And so often mm -hmm. to Andrew's point, we throw subject matter experts in and say, just write. And they're like, well, how? Because everybody knows how to write when they're talking about building a bridge. They don't necessarily know how to write when we're trying to, to, to sell. And so, so Andrew, have you ever received any kind of training from proposal teams that you thought was particularly helpful? Oh, I mean, I've received all sorts of, of training. Um, one, of the, one of the bigger firms that I worked in, I mean, they had an entire, they had, it was a eight to 10 part training series with three ring binders and exercises and i mean you know part of where i'm throwing out my jargon on you know you know the you know, the correct rgb colors for you know for for the call out box as opposed to the to the logo and things like that those are all those things those things are good but i'll tell you you know part of the part of the challenge is if you ever get tasked with this is, is understanding that there's a lot of smes that just don't care that just God bless them. They just don't understand. They don't understand how important their role is. And this is where I'm going to take on responsibility for folks on my end. It's like we, there's a lot of companies that operate in a seller doer mode. So pretty much if you're alive, you've got to be doing both things at some point in your life. And there's not a lot of, there's almost no real training on, for me, on what that means. Selling is, you know, launch meetings and emails and all that other sort of stuff. But what doesn't really get pounded into SMEs is how proposals are selling opportunities and how this is one of those rare opportunities where you have a captive audience, where 
they're reading every word, they're looking at every picture, they're reading these examples. And I think for me, the training that has always resonated the most is, and I see you guys talk about this a lot too, is making connections. It's not just, and a lot of SMEs think because we've seen bad examples. We're handed, oh, here's the last proposal that we sent to, you know, to Bippus, Indiana. And we're going to send another one into Bippus, Indiana. And it's, it's, you know, they're ancient history. They're 20 year old proposals mm-hmm. with weird, outdated, sort of stilted talking and like, we're pleased to be sending you this. And like, we do all this stuff. And I mean, I'm at the point now where I'm like, I'm so annoyed by it. Cause I, because again, when I mention it, I keep, I tell my folks, I sat on the other side of the table. You're not impressing me with the, we're pleased to, of course you're pleased to, you want to win work. Stop wasting my time with stuff like that and go back to the more basic things where help your sneeze, under, help your sneeze understand that the people reading your proposal have a problem. That's why they're looking for help. How are you going to solve that problem? How are you better? How are you smarter? How do you taste good? How do you not taste good? Why is this thing, why is this thing important? And why do you want this collection of, you know, local idiots to work on it? And that's what often gets missing. And that SMEs, we we think that if we can use enough technical words or, well, I have 28 years of experience, you should hire me because I'm old. That doesn't resonate. That's the training for me that has always benefited where it's like, like we're now suddenly I can, I can actually take things and sort of mold that language a little bit to help you because you guys trying to pull a win theme out of some of the stuff that we're doing is hard because some of the stuff that, that subject matter experts do. And I mean, across the industries, it's commodity work, meaning that a lot of people can do the exact same thing. So there's nothing sexy. There's nothing fancy that's going to be done to rebrand. I don't know. We'll take something. We'll take something absurd. Cow milking. Everyone's going to do it the same way. There are machines. You hook them up. Bada bing, bada boom. Cows milk. So why do I hire one company versus another? It's got to be something else in there, and it's got to be that writing, and it's got to be how an SME sells themselves. Can I ask a really quick question? Sorry, I just what I thought was really interesting was so if I understand if I hear you clearly, you're saying that training. SMEs on how to actually sell or what makes them different, how what they do is different from what an org, another organization or another subject matter expert at another organization is doing is more beneficial than some of like the other things that subject matter experts are being told to do. So the explanation of how we're different, how we're better, how what they do is different that type of training yeah and it's not parroting back whatever the current corporate slogan is whatever the the five basic you know our company believes in this and i think that that's another thing that that lazy companies do but we spend all this time on the on this you know on this cool slogan but we'll just keep saying it and then people i again as a person who's consumed proposals i literally do not give a flying fill in the blank um brilliant though because Andrew what you're telling us is to get the SMEs to actually leverage their own expertise and talk about how like talk about why they're really great in an organic and natural way and we just have to help them unlock that is that kind of what you're, you're getting at I think on a training environment if if SMEs could start off could start off a little bit of like how would you how would you describe how would you describe yourself to somebody what makes you different what makes you important what makes like you know mm-hmm. you know 
And it's and I, I think what ends up by happening is that SMEs into a larger extent, it's companies that it's the issue where companies believe their own, they believe their own story. We're famous, we're whatever we are, we're well known or whatever. And I mean, for every everybody that knows a particular company or whatever, there's plenty of people who are like, I've never heard of you guys before. You've never done business mm -hmm. in Indiana, or you know, you may think you're famous, but oh, you're Hollywood famous. You know, we don't like Hollywood. So don't use your Hollywood cell themes on us. It's it's back to that whole sort of like we're doing a podcast where we're not even in the same room. Personal connection. How do I drive a personal connection across that translates, that pulls all that subject matter knowledge? And now suddenly it's like, you know what? I really feel like I understand who Andrew is and what this company is all about and why they're different. Sure, I'm looking at the budget sheet. Sure, I'm looking to make sure they don't have obvious typos or didn't miss things in the RFP, but I'm still looking for a differentiator. I'm still ultimately looking for if I've got five proposals on my desk, there's got to be something different between them. And if it's a if the page limit is more than one page, those words are meaningful to those people at that point. Mm. So we are racing up at the end of our time. I've got to say, this is 23 minutes of some of the juiciest and most useful SME relationship talk that I've ever been a part of. So thank you so much to Andrew for being our guest today. What I heard, and I'm just going to summarize what I heard from everybody, and then we'll do one more final round of closing remarks. Um, first, we want to ask our SMEs how to work with them best. Don't make assumptions. That comes from Nora. And uh, Nor Nicole talked a little bit about how to build that service mindset and serve as a barrier between uh, the challenging parts of life and your SMEs. While Chris talked about making sure that we understand how we how the SMEs do their work and that you learn a little bit about their subject matter so that you can help build a relationship with them. So those are three really key takeaways here, I think, from what we were talking about today. And I also really want to emphasize, Andrews, how would you describe yourself exercise to maybe get those SMEs thinking about how to sell in a more effective way? Uh, I, I will just do a closing, a round of closing remarks, starting with Nora. What did we learn today and what would we like our listeners to make sure we know? Yeah, I think um, I think remembering that we're all humans and that we're all together at the end of the day, you know, to do a job. And, you know, that I always try to make sure that I thank my SMEs a lot because mm -hmm. I appreciate what they do. And I know that it's not their full time job most of the time to work on proposals. And it's a lot of work on their end. I mean, if they're sinking 10, 20 hours out of their week. It's a lot. So, you know, I just try to really make sure that I connect that human element, that I let them know that I understand their time commitment and that I'm grateful for it. Oh, wise thoughts. Very wise. Thank you. Chris, what you got? Oh, I got to follow up with that? Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> no, 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 yeah, no, actually, no, it was great. It was something that Andrew said at the very beginning where he said that, you know, something along the lines of the SMEs can sometimes feel dumb while working with proposal managers. And it's, and it's, I've been on the other, I, I would have that feeling sometimes working with SMEs is that because I can't understand you know, quantum physics or, or anything like that, that then they must think I'm terrible at what I do. So it's you not know, to bring it, bring it back to being all human and trying to find that find that common thread where where one can talk to another and, and and really start to build that bridge and to form that long-standing relationship so i think that's you know it's very you know it's very you know that was quite frankly kind of eye-opening what, what andrew had said but um because i felt the same way the other way so it's um yeah it, it was it was great to hear um andrew's perspective on how it is to work with folks like us it was really really good stuff
That that comment about feeling dumb resonated with me a little bit too. I feel like mm. it goes both ways. Nicole, mm. what's up? <laughs> Two things. So I loved the training SMEs to sell themselves mm. so that they can better sell in terms of the proposal story. Love that. Um, and I also loved Nora um, saying what, and when she said that she asks, like, does this actually work for you? Like we have this two week period. I'm going to start reviewing on day six. Um, and then that'll give us four days. Is that enough time for you based on your current workload? I'm taking that. I'm, I'm, I'm actually going to definitely take that. Like mm -hmm. I, I <laughs> thank you doll face. <laughs> um, I'm definitely going to start asking whether or not based on their current workloads, if that will work for them. Um, I, I don't know why that's not something I had thought about before, but I'm definitely taking that going forward. So I thought that was amazing. Um, but yeah, this was a great conversation. Love the perspective change for sure. Okay, and Andrew, fine, take us home. What's sure. one thing that RFP and SME teams should know going forward to be successful from your perspective? Yeah, oh, man, you're gonna force me on one. Um, honestly, I think that I think to, uh, to bookend the thing um, is that all these every proposal is a learning process. Every proposal. Everybody on the team learns something. And I think one thing that's missing from that, and it's something I have always tried to do as a project manager, is a post, is a post-game wrap-up. What worked, what didn't work? Get outside of the pressure of the proposal, and then everyone's like, oh God, I gotta have another meeting. But the reality of it is, is if you don't talk about the things that worked well, if you don't talk about the things that, oh man, you know, I really wish you guys hadn't sat on that proposal for three weeks. Or it's like, I really wish that, you know, when you would give me comments back, you would let me know what I did right as opposed to what I did wrong. The smallest things can help to the exact thing that you guys talked about, which is building that, building that relationship and building a true team. Because um, I, because I will be the first one to say, you guys have amazingly tough jobs. I mean, you are literally at the tip of the spear for I go out and spend six months working on a client, begging them for work, get an RFP, I bring it back in, and then I hand it to you guys. And I've never, we haven't had lunch together, or the last proposal I worked on, I felt terrible about. Um, or, you know, Catherine caught me in the hall and she slugged me because, you know, you know whatever those things are. I mean, I'm just going to pick on her because that's the way it goes. <laughs> Or Chris slugged me, or everybody slugged me because I was terrible as the me to work with. I mean, the reality of it is, is that, is that, well, just like you, just like you said, Nora, and just like it's been that common theme. We're, we're we're human, but the best part about being human too is recognizing when we do things good and when we do things that need that need a little bit of work, a little bit of work and acknowledgement that we can always do better. In my opinion, helps everyone recognize that. Wow, okay. Those SMEs, they're not, they're not super geniuses. Those, those proposal folks, they're not, they're not gods and goddesses. We all have work to do and we're all doing it for a common theme, which is to win work for the company that we're working for. Oh, we couldn't have closed it out in a better, in a better piece of advice. Thank you, Andrew, for teaching us how to get a great solid debrief under our belts at the every end of every proposal opportunity. So we, we are closing out our episode today. We do want to say thank you to our flagship sponsor, Outlaw Proposals, your fractional proposal and proposal enablement leaders. Join us at outlawproposals.com, where we will be launching on July 3rd, a proposal manager community, uh, free to our valued listeners, and we're happy to provide you with educational resources at outlawproposals.com. Um, 
Thank you for joining us today here on the No Really Everything's Fine podcast. We will see you again in from the flaming dumpster in the back of your office complex next time. Don't hesitate, like, subscribe, comment on our LinkedIn page at No Really Everything's Fine and stay tuned for more exciting news from our podcast. Thank you so much.